Hello, hello, and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bytes. I'm Jean, your host, and with me today is Lee Chambers. Lee, welcome to the show. Yeah, pleasure to be with you today, Jean. Lee, well, I want to get straight into asking you about your story. It looks like you've had a super interesting career path, and I see that you had a lot of sort of entrepreneurial endeavors when in and around the time you were in university and at the time that you graduated. And, um, and nowadays, you're really drilling down, specializing in life coaching, career coaching, health and uh, wellness, uh, mental well-being. What have been some of the key milestones for you and, and kind of how have you shaped your career to date? Yeah, so it's interesting. I was the first one in my family to go to university and I had some challenges while I was there with my own mental health and making that adolescence adult transition. But in a massive way that actually resulted in me leaving university, having to do some work on myself and then going back and graduating. So I studied international business psychology. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I started. By the time I graduated, I had an idea that, what do I like? I enjoy working with people, helping people, assisting people, and I love statistics, figures, data, algorithms, analysis. Two very distinct and different skill sets, but I decided to go into financial advisory because I felt that that was a way to get both of my enjoyable bits into one career, and that was absolutely amazing. I managed to get on a graduate scheme at a national bank, and this was 2007, so as I joined, everything was going up. It was the height of the economic bubble in so many ways, and everything looked like it was going to be you know, in- incredibly abundant going forward, except six months in the economic crash really bit. Suddenly, a lot of people around me were having to pack up the desks. I lost my professional training budget, so all of a sudden, I had thousands of pounds to try and find to qualify, uh, but it didn't actually matter because a few weeks later, I got made redundant. And at university, I'd created a business plan for a video game business that I really wanted to launch. And in so many ways, coming from a working class blue collar background, my parents had worked so hard that at times I felt they weren't there you know, to be a mother and father to me because they were working so much. So in my head, I thought, if I can find a way to make a business work, then surely by the time I'm a father, I will be able to control my own workload. So I'll be able to see my children more. So that was really the emphasis behind wanting to go into business. I wrote a business plan in my final year of university, showed it to a business mentor, and he said, you know what, Lee, great plan, watertight, forecaster, you know, there are about mark opportunities there, but Lee, you're really young, you're inexperienced, you're diverse, you, you know, you're rough around the edges and go out into industry and, you know, build your character, smooth those edges and become a bit more rounded as a, you know, as a young professional and you'll probably find it so much easier. But falling straight out of the corporate world so quickly and ended up being at home in my parents' house, I was like, maybe it's time I don't conform. Maybe I just do it. So I tried to get the funding, struggled with that because the economic crash had narrowed all these avenues. So I actually went working in local government and saved up enough wages to launch the business. The business went and suddenly boomed. Uh, it went up to six-figure revenue in seven months, doubled in revenue for the first three years consecutively. And, you know, this is me 
some family helping me and a bunch of automations and algorithms. And obviously 10 years ago, it wasn't as prevalent, the data and automation. And I didn't really think I was doing something that was great, but what I was doing was I don't want to have to delegate all this stuff. I don't want employees. I just want to find a way to keep doing this and have it work effectively. But I didn't stop working. I was still searching for what was really going to light me up. Uh, That took me into different places in local government and then took me to working with a charity, helping people who've been made redundant just like me and helping them build the confidence, find work that was going to make them, you know, happy and helping them sell themselves at interview. It was like a little coaching journey. But what it did is when they came to me in their interview clause, having got the job, I felt amazing. And that was something that really kind of stuck with me. And I was doing a lot of qualifications around this time because after having lost the professional qualifications, I made a decision. Every year I'm going to pay to do a level four or above qualification in something different. So I keep learning and nobody can take that away from me. So human performance, nutrition, strength and conditioning coaching, sleep consultancy and analysis, uh, football coaching here in the UK. And all of a sudden I ended up working for a sports performance agency working at the in elite football, helping people to get that extra 0.1% performance on a match day. And that, you know, opened my eyes to a whole other world of experimentation, cutting edge science, uh, resources. And I spent some time with some incredibly interesting and, uh, you know, inclusive individuals. But at the same time, I then look back and realize, you know what, I've worked in like five different industries. I'm running a business. This is an awful lot. My son's just been born. I don't want to be like my own parents. So I need to start to think about what I'm going to do. But then all of a sudden life hit me in a big way and basically told me to stop by having my immune system attack my joints to the point where I was in hospital. I couldn't walk, couldn't look after myself. And all of a sudden, John, uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't choose to stop. I was stopped. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've really had, you've been agile and adaptable in, in your career and also incredibly responsive to the hands that you've been dealt. And actually looking for the silver lining, it seems like your first experience of being made redundant actually served as the inspiration for some of the things that you went on to do, right? And figure out, well, you want to help others that are down on their luck or have had a similar sort of, uh, come across a similar sort of set of circumstances. Yeah, definitely. So, Going through those mental health challenges and bouncing back into university were the first time I'd really faced adversity and had to find a way to overcome it. So when I was made redundant, at first I was a little bit like, why now? Why me? I had this big plan set out. But then I actually stepped back and thought, you know what? I've been in this career for six months. I'm still young. I'm still, you know, there's still all sorts of things I could do. And more so, at least I've not got a family. I've been working in finance for 20 years. I'm now looking for another finance job because that's what I know and there's none there. So I actually became grateful that I got made redundant because it allowed me to become more dynamic, more agile, more flexible. And I wouldn't have taken all these extra courses if I'd have stayed in finance. I'd have really, you know, niched down into becoming an expert there. And what that actually did is it opened up a world of, well, let's do lots of different things. Let's go into different industries. Let's take best practice from here and best practice from there. 
and apply it to a completely different industry and see what happens. And that for me has just really helped because I've got a very interconnected mindset. I like to see how the jo- the dots join up and how we can you know bring things together and collaborate and connect and build things that are a little bit different than what's currently there. And you know there have been times when I've done that and it's not worked, but they're not necessarily failures because I've always been able to learn something through that process and getting myself back onto my feet and relearning to walk. I had to then utilize that skill set again of that proactive mindset of being resilient through challenge of seeing suffering as something to grow into. And all of a sudden, you know, after a year, I'm back on my feet. And that was really important to me because by this time I have my daughter as well and I can go and play with my children so I think to myself, I've got this video game business. You know, it's given me an awful lot, the chance to learn so many different skills, to go and work in different industries. It's given me the entrepreneurial skills to be able to navigate running a business and all the different challenges that that comes with. But it's not what really lights me up inside. It's not really where my values are. And I don't want my legacy to be he sold a billion video games because that. That's not that's not really the way that I want to end my life. I want to I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to help other people through adversity, help other people through their you know challenging times in the life, and started to think to myself, how can I do that? So I've got to a point of recovery and I decide I'm gonna stop scaling the video game business. I'm gonna keep it as it is, and from there I'm gonna use the profits to spend a lot of time with my children before they start school, and that was me finally realizing that I don't want to become my own parents I want to set my own path and by doing that I've now got a bond with my children that I'd never have had if I'd have carried on working at so much speed and doing so much I'd have just missed all these years of them you know their formative years and now they're at school I've been able to launch a business that really lines up with the things that I want to do So now I have Essentialized, it's got a coach inside where I take small business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders through a process to really look at direction and purpose, have a look at the health so we can start to optimize small things but give them more energy for the journey and then look at the psychological elements where we can start to look how we can shape our mindset to be able to see things as a challenge instead of a threat, look what we can control and what we can't and accept what we can't so we can move on and be consistent with what we can but also helping people to understand about their emotions they feel, the behaviours that they've got, the beliefs that are there. How can we start to change them, use them to our advantage instead of having them hold us back? And then we design a pathway out to what their big vision is and make it tangible back into smaller actionable steps. And the other side is the workplace wellbeing, where I go into companies, look at wellbeing strategy and provision, use data to measure it, got to get some data in there somewhere um, and then be able to take the effectiveness and increase that by evolving the provision, making it more engaging, delivering workshops that are tailored to the workforce, the challenges they have that actually, you know, integrate into their business processes and then continue to measure it and look to embed it. And you know what? I wouldn't have got to be able to run this business, which, you know, I wake up every morning like ready to go if I hadn't have been through so many different industries, so many different qualifications and so much adversity. That's ultimately, you know, the making of me and making of this business that I run. It does sound very much like you've been able to connect dots and take parallel learnings from one of your experiences to apply in another. And what comes to mind is, 
you know, innovation has been such a buzzword of the last sort of three years. And the funny thing is it 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 kind of has different sort of definitions depending on, on who you ask. But to me, the most simplest form of innovation is, is what you've been doing, which is taking a learning from one experience, no matter how small or humble or temporary it was, and then looking and saying, well, is that would that fit in here in this business model or in this industry or in this sector or with this team? And, and sometimes it can be as simple as that, right? It's just a small incremental improvement. And sometimes it may have been the obvious thing, just no one had thought to apply it. So it seems like, you know, your, your career has greatly benefited from dabbling in these different different sectors. Lee, there is one thing that I'd really love to, to ask you about. And it sounds a lot like you've probably had your fair share, as, as, as you've mentioned, of, of ups and downs and how that's affected your own sort of mental well-being. But, you know, this has obviously been a, a tremendously tough year for many people. And you've written about the difference between uh, stress and burnout. Specifically, what I want to ask you about is that there's a lot of people who may feel that it's a tough subject to talk about, right? Either culturally or because it's an age thing or it's a gender thing. They just feel that raising these issues, whether it's stress and or burnout, it's a, it's a kind of a taboo. It's a sign of weakness. How important is it for people to find a way to speak to someone about this, whether it's a friend or a family member or their employer or, or a professional like yourself? How important is it that they actually start to articulate this and they just find someone that they can confide in. Yeah, so that ability to connect is absolutely vital. And if we very briefly touch on the difference between stress and burnout, stress is something that we all feel every single day when challenges come and we're forced to step into things that feel a little bit uncomfortable or we're put in situations where we have to speed up what we do. And stress in itself is actually quite useful. It makes us much more agile. It makes our vision clearer. It gets us, you know, ramped up. We can all perform at a really high level when someone turns a little bit of stress on. So stress in itself is not a negative thing. Stress constantly, all the time, chronically is a bad thing, however. And we start to lose the ability to use it for when we need it, the times when we really need to ramp our performance up. And actually, it starts to become a detriment. Now, the best way to look at the difference between stress and burnout is stress gives you more, gives you more energy, gives you more, you know, agency. You, you go and do it because you've got to. Whereas burnout is when, you, when you're so chronically stressed that actually it's, it's a lack. You start to, your performance starts to drop because you're constantly switched on. You're constantly on this and connected and on this treadmill running and running and running. And what happens is everything starts to feel like it's not worth it. Your hobbies, your work, your relationships, your life. Suddenly you feel like nothing. You don't feel like your life is worth living. And that is the point of burnout. And it's really, really becoming more common in the interconnected world we live in with the endless stimulation from work, from devices, from people. And what we really need to do is before we get to that point, we need to speak to someone and say, look, I'm, I need to find some space because it's a difficult world to find solitude now. And there's a real balance to be had between coming isolated and feeling lonely and just spending some time away from the stress of modern life that's constantly pushing us for more. Like many people kind of know that there's a lot out there about hustling your way to the top. You've got to make it. You've got to be constantly performing at your best. You know, that can actually be toxic. 
like you look at those sports players that I work with, they perform at the best for an hour once a week. And yeah, they train very intensely, but they also rest an awful lot. They disconnect an awful lot. And every element of their life is designed around maximum performance for just one small period. And we should also try and leverage that for ourselves to get our own level of elite performance. And that means we need to find space to disconnect. We need to really prioritize our recovery to ensure that we're looking after our minds and our bodies because that's our biggest asset. Doesn't matter how far you advance if your body and your mind's falling apart along the way and just finding someone to speak to and being able to be open. And you know what? It's actually quite strong to be vulnerable about these things. And if we can embrace that, and actually talk to people, they will respect us more because we're being honest, we're being authentic, and we're saying that we can't do it all. I completely agree. And well, Lee, there's so much in there that I'd love to unpack with you. I think this is going to be a little bit of a cliffhanger to end on because there's 10 other questions that have fallen out of that that I'd love to cover with you. And I think we're probably going to be left with no choice but to invite you back on the show at some point. Yeah, part two will do be good. <laughs> Lee, it's been brilliant to have you on. It's been phenomenal, uh, tremendously interesting to hear your story. And I'd love to pick up the conversation with you at some point in the future. Really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, absolute pleasure, John. All right, brilliant. Take care, Lee. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Apply in a single click, start and track Your application's never write a cover letter again 